Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of B-Roll. I am your host, well, one of your hosts, Chris, and this is the host or the other host, Anthony. Hey, everybody. We are the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. We are going to be talking about a uh, movie that is decidedly not sci-fi, and I'm just going to go ahead and get it out of the way and say that it's decidedly not good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I actually wanted to I wanted to ask you a question to start this off. All right, ask you the question to start this off. Are you trying to get back at me <laughs> for what I did with Singularity? Oh man, this if this is your first time listening in, we kind of settled into this very organic method of Anthony picked the first movie, I picked the second one, and so we've just gone back and forth since then. Right, right. I, I picked that first movie. Mostly because I'd already, I just watched it and wanted to make him watch it. Uh, (laughs) I didn't know if we were going to have a second episode of the podcast. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to make Chris watch this movie (laughs) because I I low-key hate him. Uh, So with the exception of the first one, yeah. Every movie after that decided it would be a movie that neither of us had actually seen. And then we would watch it and then talk about it. Right. So this movie... Kingdom of Gladiators. I picked this movie. I think I texted you at like ten thirty at night, something like on that. Monday. Yeah, I was laying in bed with my wife. We were getting ready to go to sleep. Disgusting. She had friends on in the background. I'm just strolling. I'm just scrolling through Amazon Prime, Netflix, looking for a movie, and I happened upon this one. So let's go ahead and just look at this movie on IMDb. For the first time, we watched a movie that doesn't have a Wikipedia entry. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that that was possible, <laughs> but here we are. Kingdom uh, of Gladiators, 2011. It is not rated. It is an hour and 25 minutes long. It's considered an action-adventure fantasy movie. The blurb is, a king makes a pact with an ancient demon, and after years of ruling his kingdom in peace, the demon has come to collect now a group of rival gladiators must fight for the survival of the kingdom. This movie has a rating. Guess what this rating is? Have you have you already seen the rating? Hold on on IMDb? Yes, without yeah, looking. I, I've already I've already seen the rating. Oh. Let's give the listeners a few seconds to guess what the rating is. Alright. What is wrong. the rating of this movie? It is uh, <laughs> out of a ten star system, it is one point six stars. <laughs> Oh, oh no. Jeez. Oh, so if you're just listening in. If you're just somehow, you skipped ahead it, to this if point. For whatever reason, <laughs> if you have not listened to a single one of these episodes, we do this podcast a little different. We actually give our thoughts on the movie. So we are going to spoil it, which is fine because you shouldn't watch this movie. Oh, you absolutely you have, should. You absolutely uh, should watch this movie. <laughs> Do it. Then we kind of do a plot breakdown, and then we give our final thoughts. We ultimately determine whether the movie was good or not. So, I guess let's talk about the movie in the sense of it being a movie. Sure. This movie is cast good and bad at the same time. Yeah. When I say well and bad, I don't know what the exact thing is. We've got actually a lot of professional wrestlers Mm. in the roles, like in in the main roles. We've got Nancy Becker. Leroy Kincaid and Matt Polinsky. They are all professional wrestlers. Oh, 
Nancy Becker. I she was she was credited under a completely different name. Annie Social. Yeah, I did not realize. Her IMDb says Nancy Becker is an American professional wrestler working under the ring name of Annie Social. She has worked for the promotions Juggalo Championship Wrestling. I stopped reading right after I read that part. Oh she's, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh she's been in a bunch of direct-to-video things. Mm-hmm. As I picked this movie, I'm going to give you the opportunity to open up first. Oh, man. I don't know how open I want to be. <laughs> uh, so the most surprising thing about... so, And we've kind of touched on this a little bit already, but when we pick these movies out, we're going to deliberately find things that we don't know much about at all. Maybe we watch the short trailer on Netflix or the, the autoplay or we'll read the blurb or what have you, but that's a, about as far as we go. So obviously didn't know that these were wrestlers. It became kind of apparent partway through. It was like, these people are really well, trying to get their WCW dreams going. Well, there's a straight-up clothesline. Oh, yeah. Oh, sh- In oh, one of yeah. the fight scenes. Straight clothesline. <laughs> Annie Social, or Nancy Nancy Becker. I don't even know what her name was in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> she was called a lot of things, but never her name. She does a stomp. Like you would see The Undertaker oh, yeah. do or something. Very well, I would say. Like her first fight scene in the movie, which is way too far into the movie, <laughs> where there's no where there's no like weapons and sort of stuff. It's actually really good. If the whole movie was that, I'd be like, Yeah, this is bad, but you but totally worth it. I think it's no surprise. This movie's a bad movie. If you're the type of person to watch a bad movie because it's bad and laugh at it, this is the movie for you. <laughs> more so than any other quote-unquote bad movie that we've watched or reviewed or riffed on or whatever this is the one for you this is fantastically bad highly recommend top 10 do it this movie made my wife leave the room the most surprising thing about this movie chris is that when i searched for it on amazon prime there's a sequel <laughs> I thought, oh, there's two of them. Can't be that bad. Oh wow. Oh no. Jeez. I I think my biggest problem with this movie is the acting. Well, yeah. I hear people. I know what you're thinking out there. You're thinking, oh, the acting because they're pro wrestlers. They're bad actors. No. No. It's, it's the people who are obviously not actors. They're acting because this movie was. You had the the pro wrestlers in like the three main slots or what have you. A lot of the other actors, especially on the little fight scenes, as you can just from the name, there's a gladiator tournament. I don't think that's a big spoilers. There's nothing to spoil in this movie. <laughs> uh, they're all reenactors. Like if you're gonna make a, a a low budget or B movie that's kind of medieval or what have you, having a bunch of reenactors as your extras to do those things kind of makes sense. I could agree with that decision. No, the acting in the movie is just bad. A lot of the times, it's just flat. Oh, yeah. One of the primary people in this movie, Susie Lorraine, plays a character named Luna. Every single line she delivers is just... It's almost as if she's just reading off a cue card behind the camera. And I don't know if the director was like, all right, so here's, here's, here's your character's direction. Be disinterested. Be aggressively, aggressively. Be aggressively disinterested in this movie. And she was like, okay. She was like, funny enough, I am. Oh, man. The actor 
who played the king, he had a weird presence. His voice was very commanding and deep. And, and there's a whole scene where he's addressing the gladiator arena and his voice is somehow projecting and echoing. I have no idea. Like he's obviously speaking into a microphone or I don't know. Is it effect? I don't know. But he's not. That's what I'm saying. You're seeing him talk at the same tone of voice, but it's echoing. And it, 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 you know what? Never mind. This is his only movie credit. Good. Look, I'm not here. I, you know what? I take that back. Chris isn't here to crap on anyone's dreams or aspirations, but I'm not Chris. The four, two, three minutes of the movie, he's yelling at a demon. Like, who are you? How do you know my name? And the inflection's all there, but the look on his face says, don't pee your pants. Don't pee your pants. Don't pee your pants. And it, <laughs> he's just blinking and holding his, and did, could you buy, I, I'm sorry. I'm about to talk about somebody's physical appearance, so all of y'all Uh-oh. are going to get upset about that. Please, please Uh-oh. do. I understand, and I'll accept your criticisms, and we can talk about it after the show. Did he look like the type of person that would have killed a thousand man men on a on a battlefield? No. He looked like he could barely hold that fake sword. Yeah. <laughs> you know who made the most money off of this movie? Who? The guy who owns the kiosk at the local mall. Where they bought all of their fake weapons from. I was going to say the guy who invented the the Diablo font. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> oh no. So I've got a lot. Of, I've got a lot of thoughts, and I think I kind of want to save them. I'm going to just sprinkle them in, just like. Oh, are we actually like, going through this movie? All right, fine. Oh, I guess we'll yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so this no. movie starts off with a 100% guaranteed sign that it's going to be good which is stock footage introduction oh no (laughs) and then we get a voice and this is what anthony was talking about it is a powerful projected majestic voice a guy's like this was my greatest victory i thought i could unite a nation but i found out like everyone else finds out that if you want peace you got to prepare for war blah 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 essentially we're talking about Wolfcon, who I guess was a general in some army, and then he made a power play and won a tremendous battle, but at the cost of all of his troops. It actually shows him kneeling on the ground, surrounded by a bunch of dead bodies and swords, and he's like, I cried out to the gods and no one answers. But something did, and as it turns out, it's a demon. A demon comes before him, and he's like, hey man... We want to thank you. With all this blood that you've shed, you've actually empowered us. A little dark fantasy. Yeah. I like it, yeah. Now that we're back to our full strength, we want to say thanks, and we want to give you the ability to end all the wars. All you got to do is sacrifice your heirs. He's like, how could you think that I could even consider such a bargain? Blink, 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 soft face. And the devil's like, bro, you already did, and steals his sword and kind of stabs him with it, and then he wakes up. He's alone. And the sword that he was stabbed with is now sticking into the ground. And that's where the movie actually begins, believe it or not. The best part of this movie is actually the part coming up, which is a kind of like a graphic novel or a comic book sequence. Yeah, where it I've forgotten shows about him. that. Yeah. He conquered every army that he fought. He conquered every kingdom that he came up against. He defeated all of them. And then he has, he has a daughter. Her name's Luna. 
Mm-hmm. And she's born with a mark of the same demon that he talked to. He takes the child to her, essentially just gives her up. He fulfills his end of the bargain. Stand-up guy. I thought the demon came and took her. I think he says he gathered his daughter up in her sleep. Uh, the demon did. It's not important. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's, it's, but we're going to argue it about it anyway. It doesn't matter. It's important for later. Then we get the, what I was talking about earlier, the Diablo typeface. That shows the name of the movie, Kingdom of Gladiators. Right. So I Googled while you were talking because I mm-hmm. I didn't want to listen. Fair enough. Diablo actually uses uh, a typeface from a typeface company, a type foundry. I cannot pronounce their name. Imigre, something like that. And Exoset is the name of the typeface that they use. Um, and you can just go to their website and purchase the, I guess, the license to use it. Fair enough. It was also a typeface used in the film Dogma, uh, the film's... Star Trek Nemesis. Uh, oh, no. Uh, we're getting off track. We're getting off track. I figured something out while I was watching this movie. You hate me. It, yes. If you are going to make a terrible independent film, this movie was an hour and 25 minutes. I feel like 25, maybe 30 of those minutes were actually just wide shots of this castle. Because for a solid minute and a half, we just get a bunch of wide shots what look like helicopter pans, right. like up-close shots of this castle. Like, there are lots of shots of this castle. If you watch this movie, you... Oh, you'll see that castle. This castle should have a name, and it should be in the top <laughs> billing of this movie. They filmed it at two different castles in Italy. Oh. I watched the credits because I wanted to see every name that gave me... <laughs> associated with this. Yes. And they, yeah, they, they filmed it. Cause, well, mostly I was curious about what European country they were in. They're in. I was guessing Italy, and I was right, but there are two different castles in Italy that they uh, did this at, and they actually named the castles in the credits. Fair That's enough. all. I, I wasn't adding anything <laughs> anything more than that. This place is called the Kingdom of Kibok. We get a little note on the screen, and it says that this is the year of the tournament. And then three men are walking around. They're wearing arms and armor, and they come upon a figure in the woods that's dressed in all black. And this is where we first get the first sign that this is not going to be a good movie with this awful line <laughs> of, I need to find my father. He's the king. Please take me to him. Uh, yeah, my uh, wife laughed out loud. Like, laughed out loud. Uh, <laughs> and then we catch a lady in a purple dress, cloak, whatever. And she's looking around suspicious. And there's no one in this castle. Until the very end when she arrives to find the king, there's no one else. So this felt like an unskippable cutscene in a game. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? When like yeah. the level's loading and you're just like, A, 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 A. I've seen this three <laughs> times already. Oh, gosh. This person's name is Murrigan. Uh, yeah, M- a reference to, to Morgan. Murrigan. Probably. She's a witch. She's like, yo, king man. You got to check this girl out. She looks just like your dead wife. <laughs> what a way. <laughs> what uh, a way <laughs> to get someone's attention. Yo, hey, you remember that dead person? Yeah, this person looks just like him. You should go meet him. <laughs> and then she says, perhaps it's your long lost daughter, Luna. Uh, no. And then they make eye contact. And then we cut to a completely different scene with what appear to be gladiators quote-unquote fighting it's two pairs of people it's a man and a man and then a man and a woman and the man's name who is fighting with the woman they like 
kind of go back and forth and they end up kind of like staring at each other. He's got his sword like around her neck area and the camera pans down and she's got her dagger uh, around his midsection slash groin. Yeah. Uh, his name is Kane. This gentleman is a hothead because some other dude starts taunting him wearing Spirit of Halloween armor and he calls them peasants. Eastern peasants, I think is what he says. Uh. And... uh He's like, yo, man, I'll fight you out here. And then this other guy who's taunting him says, better it be out there so so the spectators can see you eating mud. Yeah. What well, kind of, like, what? So I, is, that a, is that an insult? I don't yeah, understand. I think, uh, yeah, he's like, better, I guess. <laughs> Who knows, man? Normally I would have chimed in already. Uh, <laughs> but I think the, the, the movie does a good job of making itself a joke. I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm just going to keep drinking. You keep going. What are you drinking, my friend? Water, oh, young okay, viewers. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we cut back to the king. They're like walking around in, I guess, the dungeon area. This w- woman who claims to be his daughter is standing on the other side of some bars. She gives some terrible dialogue and delivery, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I was found by my father who saw someone throwing me into a river. The world's laziest demon, right? Yeah. Throw the kid into a river. <laughs> Look, you're a demon. Just, just, I mean, I know we're talking about killing an infant, but just... Fair enough. Uh, all right. <laughs> see, what this, see what this movie's done to me? <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. She has some kind of stone, some kind of precious stone. Yeah. And she hands precious. it to him, and it, it fits into a little slot on his... The king's regalia. I don't know what it was. Look, he's wearing a medallion Um, that's made up of leather and four emeralds you'd find in Arizona, (laughs) New Mexico. I've been to Roswell. You find them everywhere, man. She's like, I want to meet my parents and ask them why they threw me into the river. And then he just straight up lies to her. And he's like, no, you were kidnapped. That's not a lie. Someone someone stole you away. That's true. It's not the whole story, but he didn't lie. Ah, He kind of lied. She wasn't kidnapped. No. She was retrieved by her rightful owner. If you want She's, to get technical. Yeah, if you want to just talk about owning people, <laughs> let's just go down that road. He made a deal. Uh, I don't think that'll hold up in a court of law, but, you know. There, there are no courts of law. He made a deal. What court of law would accept, would even be present if there were demons? <laughs> demons involved? Look, I'm sure there's precedent, is all I'm okay, saying. Yeah. Here's, the, here's the precedent. This is a terrible movie. <laughs> He gets her out of the jail and he's like, this is a great day for celebration. This is the the day of this tournament. We're having it to celebrate 10 years of peace. What better way to celebrate peace than a bunch of people killing each other in front of other people? You know, Murrigan doesn't like it. She's like, you need to be cautious, man. I don't, I don't trust this. I don't know what's going on, but I don't like it. And he's like, nah, it's celebration time. And uh, then we Uh, cut to a guy walking away from the castle and he has a hood on, and then he takes it off. And then that's the end of this. Then we cut to the king <laughs> and his daughter. That's the end of this. Oh. Looking at a picture, he's like, yo, you look just like your mother. Part of her died the, na- the night that you were uh, looking at a picture. given away by me. I mean, kidnapped. Looking at a looking at a painting of the two of them. And she's like, oh, you'll look so happy. I'm like, yeah, it was a painting. What did you expect to be painted sad and then hug up on the freaking wall? Oh, no. 
And then he's like, yo, I had this special costume made up for you. <laughs> he calls this it a costume. It's the first time I laughed at the movie. Up to this point, I was in disbelief. Here's Why did he call it a costume and not an I outfit? Know. I mean, maybe is this a translation issue? I don't think so. Like, what? It's just... It is... I, I, her acting is just so bad. Like I cannot get over how bad she is in a, as an actress. And the thing is, oh no, she's been in a lot of movies. Uh, has she? Susie Lorraine. I looked her up. She has been in ninety-one things. She's been credited ninety-one times as an actress. <laughs> Susie Lorraine. Oh, she's not credited under Lore, uh, Luna. Just the other name. That I don't even think they gave her, but I did see in the credits. Uh, 91 actress credits. This is one of her credits. Dracul, TV movie, The High Priestess. Rumored. <laughs> Rumored. <laughs> Rumored. And it was three years ago. Uh, anyways. It was the abduct- uh, Santa Claus, a horror story. All right. <laughs> we cut back to this de-hooded man. That's what I've actually named him because he, he was hooded. And then he took it off. Are you referring to the demon slash vampire guy? Yes. He walks up to a beggar. And then we cut back to Luna getting dressed. The whole time this was happening, I was totally assuming that we were going to see nudity. Like I was at this scene. I was like, wait a minute. Is, are we going to get nudity? No. We just get a lot of shots of her bare chest in her outfit. And I realized the reason why they were showing this is because when in the comic book sequence she they say or the king says she was born with a mark on her chest so they kept showing her chest to indicate to you that she doesn't have the mark she does not take her clothes off good oh uh, you know what i kind of wish she had because then i could have just stopped the movie (laughs) stopped watching be like oh chris pick a better movie (sighs) so we cut back to the hooded figure walking walking around and then Mergen is off by herself reading through some books. She's reading and reading. And then she finally looks up directly at the camera. And then we get another shot of the castle. Yep. It's been like 30 minutes. And we I still have no idea what's happening in this movie. And I'm, then we yeah. get to the scene that you were talking about. King Wolf, Wolf, King Wolfcon. God, what a badass name wasted on this dude. <laughs> He he starts talking. He I I definitely got some Marcus Aurelius vibes from Gladiator. Oh, you got vibes? That's great. I feel like that's he was what he was trying to do. He's just trying to give off the Richard Harris kind of thing. It didn't work, but just the way he was talking. He's bragging about his uh, army. He didn't try. Don't give him that much credit. Fair enough. Thank you. He's he talks about how time has proven one thing and that all armies get defeated. Except mine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like he just straight up calls out time and says, you know, I, I defeated time. I'm so good at what I did that I couldn't lose. And then we cut back to the dehooded man cleaning off his blade covered in blood. And then there, the beggar that he walked up to earlier is kind of sitting off to the side with blood on his chest. But we cut back to Wolfcon, Wolfie. Uh, yeah. And he's still chewing up the scenery. He's just keeps talking i don't even write it down what he said because it's not important i can't wait until the second half of this movie (laughs) 
where he's just gone. He's gone yeah, for like they, 30 minutes. Thankfully. And then he's like, my daughter's back. Heck yeah. Everyone cheer. Everyone cheers. And then we cut back to the de-hooded man walking into barriers that open themselves up. Like he walks towards the doors of the castle. They open. He walks towards a gate. It opens. He walks towards another gate. It opens as well. And then the tournament begins. We uh, catch a fight between a guy in armor. I have quotes around the word armor. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Thank you for putting I mean, those quotes there. Like he's wearing an actual armored helmet. Yeah. And he appears to have gauntlets, but everything else is just padded cotton. And he's fighting against a guy with a scimitar and like a buckler. I don't know if you know what a buckler is, but this was it. It's just a small round shield that's supposed to go on your forearm that you can use. Yeah, it's a buckler. Offensively. Murrigan shows back up and she's like, yo, I need to talk to you in private. He's like, well, when, you know, whatever you got to say, you can say in front of my daughter. And she's like, no, I can't. And he pretty much tells her to watch her mouth. He's like, you know, be careful what you're saying. This is the princess. You know, she's royalty. And she's like, well, you know, I just talking about government stuff. And I don't know if she'd really be interested in all this boring government talk. She convinces the king to leave Mm -hmm. Luna. Yeah. A good portion of this movie, all this chick is doing is watching other people kill themselves. So kill each other. Yeah. Yeah. Kill each other. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, (laughs) I mean, maybe she watches that too. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this girl's personal life. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, Bergen is like, yo, this girl isn't your daughter because she doesn't have the scar she was born with. And then he straight up spills the beans. He tells her, he's like, I thought it was a dream, and then it wasn't. And then he tells her pretty much what happened, that he made a deal with the demon. And then Murrigan says, you know, the curse says that you had to give up your heirs. And then he pins her head down, and I think he says that he rip out her serpent's tongue. Yeah. And he's, I guess, I guess he's trying to be, like, threatening, but it just, since he's, like, 5'1", and weighs probably 115 pounds with all this clothing on, that he just... <laughs> He's just not intimidating. No, he's not. No, he's not. And then uh, we cut to the de-hooded man. He's going to uh, fight in the arena. He plants his sword, and then he picks it up, and he fights a man with a long sword and a shield. Mergen's now talking about how the demon that the other demon was talking about at the beginning of the movie. They say its name, and I just didn't write it down because it looked complicated. But it's, it's an evil titan. And it's going to awaken when there's a proper human sacrifice. And it will bathe the word in, world in blood. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. You know blah, the drill. Blah, blah. Normal demon you stuff. Know. Yep, it's yeah, Saturday. You know, it's cl- cliche trope 101. The spearman and the sword and board guy, they go at it for a little bit. The sword and board man actually manages to knock down the de-hooded guy. But he gloats. And maybe it's because they're gladiators. But he just, like, after he knocks him down, he's like, yeah, I did it. I'm the best. And for his trouble, he gets slashed in the back with fantastically terrible CGI. Oh, man. More blood than is in the human body spews out of him. Fingers get chopped off, and he gets stabbed in the head. Is this the goriest scene in the movie? Uh, It's up there. I think we saw some, some some, some body parts in the intro. Maybe. But this is, they just... Yeah, starting off strong, yeah. I guess. This guy's name, the de-hooded slash spearman, uh, his name is Har. 
H-A-R. But the king doesn't exactly trust Murrigan. He's like, no, no, that can't be right. That can't be right. And then apparently it's time for a snack. After you watch a man get killed, you gotta eat some food. Yeah. And then we cut back to the gladiators from earlier. One of them, the guy who was originally talking trash, his name is Gunner. And he's like swinging around his axe and he's like, yeah, you know, I can't wait to beat you down, kill you in front of all these people. And then Har walks in and just yanks the axe out of this dude's hand. I thought it was a pretty baller move. And then there's a guy sitting on the ground, sharpening a sword with a rock, telling a story about about how a man and a woman go to a priest to marry them. But the priest ends up corrupting them, convinces the woman to kill herself. But she comes back and haunts the priest and then her lover kills the priest. And then she becomes a demon. Tell, tell the audience, sorry, you skipped a little bit of a bit part right there. Tell the audience what? why he started telling that story. Oh, I don't know. Why? Why did he start telling the story? Oh, there was no reason for it. There was absolutely no oh, reason. Okay. He just started talking. <laughs> We've all have met that person. You're, just imagine you're in a break room at work. and I mean, that's what this is. It's a break room. <laughs> essentially. And you're having a conversation of any kind. With somebody you know, whether you like them or not, doesn't matter. And someone else walks up and starts talking to you about something that doesn't matter and isn't relevant. <laughs> that is exactly what happens. The difference is, yeah, re- in real life, you go, uh-huh, sure, and then you walk away. And in this story, they take it seriously <laughs> as if it's some sort of omen. Like, I, I wrote down, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> like, who cares? And then after I typed it, I was like, man, what is, like, what does this say about me? <laughs> we get a we immediately jump cut to another scene. Kane is kind of standing around. Was this another night filter scene? I didn't like, notice a, a night filter scene. Like in Mythica? Okay. No, I didn't I didn't notice it. Okay. I, I I don't know enough about it, but it, it just it didn't look like it was nighttime, but it kind of did, but I don't know. He walks into a room, a huge room. I guess it's like supposed to be the base of a tower or a barn. Of some kind, but it's open. There's hay on the ground, and he starts uh, practicing. He's swinging his swords around. He gets very sweaty. It definitely with like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I I definitely got Arnold Schwarzenegger from Conan, like the training sequences. Yes. But yes. The difference is, is everything I needed to know about Conan, I knew by this point. I know why the way he is the way he is in this movie. I still don't know what's happening. Why are they having a tournament? Why is this guy so important? Why is he beefing with Gunner? Why did the guy tell us the story about the man and the woman and the priest? I don't know. So the lady from earlier shows up in a dress and she hands him... What, the fighting lady? Yeah, she hands him a, a drinking horn. And then she's like, so what did you think about that children's story? Did you think it's true? And he's like, we can change what we want to change when we want to change it. And then he kisses her and we still don't know her name. (laughs) Like this person doesn't have a name yet. We don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what's happening. She's being exploited is what's happening. We get another scene where I almost thought it was too rated. Does that make sense? Too rated. Yeah. There's a lot of sweaty chest touching. Yep. Shoulders being revealed, sweaty back touching kissing they drop the drinking horn and it falls down and lands at the bottom of some stairs and then murr again walks up and 
touches him. And then Luna walks up on Murrigan and she's like, I know what you are. You know, you don't know anything about me, but you know what happened to my mom. You should tell me about my mom. I know all your deepest, darkest secrets. Every person who comes to work at this castle has to come through you. And it's like weirdly sexually charged, like this entire conversation. And she's like, I know you want me. I, I guess Murrigan does. Like, I don't know. And then she's like, are you going to kill me? And then Luna's like, nah, heart is LOL. And this dude shows up and, and kills Murrigan. What? Yeah. <laughs> this movie's awful. So, like, uh, yeah, does it not change from night to day instantly? Like, he drops his drinking horn and it bounces down some stairs, and at the bottom of those stairs, it's daytime. Does that not happen? <laughs> and then Morgan picks it up, and then we get this scene that is completely unnecessary. Well, I mean, yeah, if she needs to die for the plot, kill her. Uh, I don't care. But, like, everything else, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I find that type of, is just, is insulting. It's insulting. What's insulting? The, the, like, the idea of this particular scene or sequence? What it's what they're trying to do with the audience. They're like, yeah. What are they trying to do? Oh, gosh. I was, I don't need to be tantalized. I don't need it. <laughs> I don't need her coming on to that. Like it didn't actually add anything to the plot. There was no need for it. And so I don't. I just... Well, I mean, I guess like with better with better actors and a better script, this scene might make sense. Like if we knew anything about Murrigan before, maybe had there been a throwaway line with the king or another servant where it's revealed that. She's the, um, she's like the HR department. You know what I mean? Like, right. This whole bit about how every servant has to be approved by you. I'm like, yeah, they have to be approved by somebody. Yeah. Is she implying that the king should personally approve every person, <laughs> every member of his staff? That's ridiculous. I don't, I don't know. And like the fact that, I mean, it's, I don't know. <sighs> so we don't know how long between when King Wolfcon makes the deal and when his daughter is born. No. All we know is that 10 years from the day the fighting stopped till now. Right. Well, we know so, that she's an adult. She's in her right. 20s. Right. Right. So, and we know other things later on that but, make it at least. This is, oh, man. It's it's a mess. <laughs> it's a solid mess. And that's the most polite way I can put it. <laughs> like, if this scene it, it would have happened in, I don't know, Game of Thrones. Where you have a evil villain who just happens to be a woman exercising her sexual charms on another woman as a sign of like dominance. Like it might make sense, you know, if Cersei Lannister's doing it to Mar- you know, Marjorie Tyrell. You know what I mean? Sure. I but the I problem know is who it those did, people are, yeah. It but it doesn't work in the scene because, because there's no there's no development. There's nothing. Yeah. We get the world's flattest actor talking to someone in heavy makeup who just flattest, like is weirdly but m- more flat than the king interesting interesting <laughs> trying to like weirdly desperately grasp for her breasts I-, I don't know i just i agree with you that it was pointless i agree with you that it was a dumb scene but i think it could have worked in a better movie i don't, I don't know. know 
you've been making Game of Thrones references for several episodes now, and yeah, man, I stopped watching that show pretty early on. That's uh, fair. No, you know, I take that back. I probably, I've probably seen like half of it. I don't know. It's not good. I'll say it. I'll say it again. I it, it didn't end well. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm, I, aware I just, I'm aware of. Yeah. I'm aware. I'm 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 on the internet enough to know that I, I was right <laughs> in the end. <laughs> oh man. R R slash free folk man. Jeez. Oh man. Back to this terrible movie. <laughs> I keep trying to distract you. Maybe we'll maybe you'll forget where we are. It's not working. I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil the fact that Tila is the name of the woman gladiator. I actually yeah. had to look it up because yeah. I was so tired of not knowing what her name was. Um, she wakes up alone, and then it cuts to Kane walking away from the castle for some reason. You hear a voice, and it's like you gotta follow me. And as it turns out, Murrigan came to Kane in his while well, they had just gotten done. Um, hanging out she's like you gotta save this land you gotta leave no one can know and then he walks around a lot a lot this is also a, a theme of terrible movies where you have to fill your runtime with people just walking around i don't know the second day of the tournament begins we're in a brand new scene we get a couple like giggling and kissing each other a guy shows up <laughs> named vol that's great though the all what? of the all of the crowd runs to go see the the gladiator fight, and these two these supposed couple stays behind to snuggle and kiss a little bit, and yeah. it feels out of place because because it is it ended up being my favorite part of the movie, uh, second favorite part of the movie. Keep going. A gladiator, like I said, his name is Vol. He gets cheered. Tila walks in. This is where we find out her name is Tila. She gets booed. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm doing the the quotation marks in the air as I say this. Her armor. She's not wearing armor. Really upsets me on a personal level. Oh, it's level. so like, much. It's ins- like, once I, again, it's insulting. It, <laughs> she's wearing a chainmail bikini top. That there's that's not armor. That's that's a chainmail bikini top. That's nothing. It's like a one piece bathing suit made out of metal. She's not wearing, but she has a midriff. Does she not? Yeah. It's not a one piece. Yeah, no, piece. that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't even it, know, man. I. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's insulting to my intelligence is what it is. He starts running at her and she slams her sword into the ground and then punches the ever living crap out of this dude and decides to engage in hand to hand combat with a man with a sword. Uh, okay. Yeah, it works out, uh, doesn't it? This is, I will say, this is the part of the movie where I was like, okay, this actually might turn itself around. <laughs> Spoilers. Not in a good, not in a good way. Not in a good way. But in a, oh my gosh, this is going to be so ridiculous that I might actually enjoy it. She winds up a punch, straight Looney Tunes cartoon style. Winds up a punch. She does the stomp, the big boot, which I mentioned earlier, and then she Johnny Cages this guy as he runs at her. I, I wrote down that Johnny Cage is filing a trademark infringement lawsuit. Oh, uh, we well, I mean, John caught Van Damme before then, but sure. Oh, man. So, oh, so she, good. So if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, Johnny Cage is a character from a video game called Mortal Kombat who is heavily based on Jean-Claude Van Damme's character from a movie called Bloodsport in which he does these splits and punches a man in his vulnerable area. And everyone cheers at this. Well, wouldn't which, you? I mean, yeah. 
I mean, but it's just like it's but it's not one of those things where everyone like is silent and then the cheering starts. She performs this move and then everyone cheers like immediately. Yeah. yeah. So I want to take a quick time out to talk about our girl, Nancy Becker. So Annie Social is her performer name. While I was at lunch today, kind of preparing for the pod, I, I decided to go through her IMDb when I found out all this information. I happened to look up one of these wrestling things that she's in. Uh-huh. Which one, Chris? Which one? <laughs> I, it was it was one of the, if you're looking at it, it's one of the Shimmer volumes. Oh, uh, okay. One of the, she's credited for those on, on IMDb, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it was one of the few ones that showed up on YouTube. I don't remember which one, but that's her, like, wrestling move where she does the splits and punches you in the groin really yeah it's like like a trademark thing thing. that's her special move or whatever like when you what's that movie with the rock the breakdown you know what i'm talking about Mm, that doesn't sound familiar but or walking tall yeah where he like returns home walking tall yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. he he does (laughs) like (laughs) the where kevin sorbo plays the main character in the sequel yeah Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen Deep it. Cut. I've just seen. I've just seen the cover of Walking Tall Two with Kevin Sorbo in the same stance as The Rock, and said, "Uh huh, sure. Don't worry, we're watching it but, next. Let's keep going. Let's keep but, going." But he he does rock bottom in the movie that we're referring to. Yes, he does. He does some of his wrestling moves in some of his other movies as well. But yeah. But it was just one of those scenes where you're like, yeah. And I can only imagine people who are fans of Juggalo Championship Wrestling were like, "Woo!" Anyways, we're moving on. Uh, all right, move on just a little bit, and then I'll interrupt you. Okay, so our next scene: the King is walking down the exact same hallway in which he first met his daughter Luna. Um, Murrigan's body is tied to the cell door. There's blood around her. Another guard is off to the side, retching, and then he's like, clean this place up. No one will miss you, old friend. And then he turns and looks directly at the camera and says, no one will miss you but me. Uh, and that's this scene. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you said you were going to interrupt me. I'll just keep going. <laughs> okay. We get another fight because remember, it's still day two of the tournament. It's a guy in plate mail versus a guy in chain mail. We cut back to Kane. He's still walking around. And then the sword fight between the two armored men devolves into a fist fight and then turns back into a stabbing. And then we get another shot of Kane. What do you think Kane's doing? He's walking around. So so this is a montage, right, of the gladiators fighting each other with, what do you say his name? Never mind. Uh, he's walking the main character's walking around the best part of the entire movie happens in this montage chris oh it does yes what did i miss so part of the montage so i i noticed i pointed him out when i was watching the the crowd for these gladiator competition we should point out this is not an arena this is essentially just the courtyard in this castle they're recording in there aren't stands there's just people on a second level looking down there's like 50 people max watching this this big tournament for this big kingdom it's fantastic there's one dude who's just he's sitting on the ledge like says there's like a, a little half wall keeping people from falling off the second story he's sitting on it with his legs on the wrong side 
kind of precariously, kind of leaning in a corner, drinking. As we go to the second day, he's back in that same spot, right? It's the same crowd shot. <laughs> My man has his spot. He's like one of the few people, as, as the whole crowd is reacting to what's happening, he's just drinking. He takes another sip, and he's just like, mm-hmm, this is, I'm enjoying my day. During this montage, it actually shows shots of the crowd coming across the screen. And it's a couple shots of the crowd as they're reacting to stuff with, uh, like, the, it's like the people from the crowd superimposed over the scene yes. or what have you. And then there's one that's just this guy taking a drink. <laughs> going, he scrolls from, uh, from the right side to the left, taking a drink. Not reacting. Mm. It doesn't have anything to do with anything that's happening. And it was it was fantastic. It was fantastic. I love. Yeah, I guess I didn't yeah, catch you, that. You no. should just take my word for it. I mean, you don't rewatch it, but take my word for it. It was it was really funny. It was really really. Good. It was like it's like okay, they're being a little self aware. Maybe this movie's about <laughs> to devolve into something that I could I can enjoy. Kind of from a I don't know if you want to call it morbid curiosity. <laughs> point of view like just kind of just so cheesy it's you know like hercules right it's like this is this is bad but i can't don't you dare insult hercules i'm not i'm saying it's good because it's bad uh it doesn't matter um so kane skip a few scenes of him walking and tell what happens next he's looking around he finally gets to a point he stops moving and he just kind of looks around and then he puts on (laughs) what look to be glasses (laughs) They call them viewers, I think, later. Mm-hmm. But he sees red. <laughs> I just have out here, okay, what? When he's wearing these things, he sees red. And he sees a bunch of swords sticking in the ground. But as soon as he takes the glasses off, they're gone. He puts them back on. He sees that sword from the beginning of the movie. I have down here that this is fake Scalibur. Nice. He, go- he nice. goes to grab it when he hears a noise. And he takes his viewers off and he... Hides behind the rock, and it's it's Gunner from the uh, beginning of the movie, the other gladiator that was talking mess to him. And apparently he's here to get that sword, too. He's like, how did you know I was here? And he's like, I didn't know you were here. I'm here to get a sword. And he's like, how'd you know? And Kane hands him the viewers, and then Gunner takes them from him and then just throws them on the ground and steps on them and then pulls his own viewers out. And he's like, ah, the sword is mine. They have a fight. When this fight started, there was a subtitle for loud, aggressive rock. Was and that's there? what we get. Yeah. Because the music for this scene, I remember thinking, came in way too late. Like, they filmed a 12-minute scene, but only had 10 minutes worth of music, so the first two minutes are just dead air. I don't think it's that long. It felt that long. but It says loud, aggressive rock. <laughs> I'm just curious, did, it, did that subtitle start when the loud, uh, aggressive rock started? I don't remember exactly. It was during a moment in which Gunner throws Kane. <laughs> so I don't know exactly when that happened. They're showing happens. off all their wrestling moves. Yeah. Uh, and this is the scene with the clothesline. Yes. Oh, where man. Kane so just runs in and clotheslines Gunner. He's about to grab the sword. Gunner stops him. I actually typed in here that I think these guys are wrestlers IRL. And I was right. Apparently, this Gunner guy has actually been in some WWE stuff. Yeah, Matt Polinski. Yes, Corey Graves. I don't know who that is, but Josh might know who he is. Anyways, he's about to kill Kane. He, they're fighting around an axe. In the axe's sheath or his handle, there's a dagger. 
that slides out really easily. I don't think that's safe. <laughs> He's about to stab Kane with it, and then Tila shows up to stop him, but he drops the, the knife or the dagger, which Tila grabs at the very last second. Gunner runs over and grabs the sword, but then there's a shot of Luna, and she does some hand-waving, and then she hurts Gunner. And then Murrigan shows up and then starts talking about how they are brothers, and they're actually they're actually twins and they don't know who they are but the sword will help them find their way what is happening Uh, i don't understand it's nighttime there's a fire Uh tila checks on her boys she hangs out with kane Uh he wakes up no really (laughs) like what is going on in this movie uh but why she is also a terrible actress man terrible Uh, terrible They didn't hire her when, for her acting abilities. I guess when you're not screaming at a camera with a guy standing next to you with a microphone, like egging you on about some match you're about to have, you don't know how to deliver a line. I don't know. Kane goes to reach for the sword. That, oh, by the way, so he has like a, a he's very fitful in his sleep. Uh, he wakes up and it's it was definitely some kind of like, I don't want to say nightmare, but there was something bothering him while he was asleep. Apparently, Gunner is doing the exact same thing. And when he goes over to Gunner's, where Gunner is laying, he tries to reach for the sword. Gunner grabs his hand. Like, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. You didn't say the magic word. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and we cut back to the castle. No, not the castle. Yeah, <laughs> this castle. Uh, we get a painfully thin guard walking around in armor that is too big for him. He hears a bunch of spooky noises, and he goes to investigate, and he opens a door, and he sees Har chewing on a guy yeah and then he dies for his trouble har has like blacked out eyes yeah only a demon can kill a demon chris yeah don't you don't you know this <laughs> and then the king is walking around kind of confidently but then he hears some spooky noises and he decides to go check in on his daughter oh is that what is that what's going on because i heard it, you say spooky noises he hears screams, looks up, yeah. and then just keeps going in the same direction. He's like, all right, yeah. That sounds normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is my castle, yeah. We then cut back to the Tila, Kane, and Gunner. And she's like, so why are you the sons of King Wolfcon? And they're like, I don't, I don't know. Why? Why are we somebody's kid? Let's figure that out. Kane's like, Mergen came to me in the night. Gunner's like, the king came to me and told me about the sword. He said, this is the only way we could win the tournament. And he's like, well, what, is, what would this sword do? And then Kane's like, well, we can save the kingdom. And then Gunner's like, we can conquer a kingdom. And then Tila's like, let's do it, team. Yeah. Quack, quack, quack. Oh, no. And then. What are you doing? And then we cut. Why? Oh, I'm just, just, I'm just spitting it out there. Oh, then. my God. We get to day three of the tournament. A lot of people die. Like a lot. Very, very bad effects. I apologize for what I've done. <laughs> I'm very sorry that I made you watch this movie. Ugh. We cut back to Tila, Kane, and Gunnar walking. And we cut back to the scene with just a, a shot of Tila's breasts. That's it. Like, we just... Yeah. That's all we get. Like, uh, unfortunately. Okay. Okay, here we go. <laughs> like, what's going on in this movie? I should point out that the entire time all these people are dying... We get a shot of like the ground where there is appears to be like a statue and there's just its eyes glow red or its eyes glow and its mouth glow every time that someone dies. Right after it, 
we actually get a scene in the crowd that I thought was pretty funny. And then we cut back to the king and he's just watching this tournament, knowing full well that the more people die and the more blood that gets spilled, yeah, the faster he does the nothing. demon awakes. He does nothing. Yeah. <laughs> are are you talking about was... the guy who kills the other guy in the crowd? Yeah. It's the couple from earlier. So it's the girl and the guy that after the crowd ran off, they, they came together and started, I don't know, kissing or whatever. A second guy taps the third guy on his shoulder, indicates over with his head, like, you know, look over there, and hands the dude a, a rather large dagger. And, go, and then this third guy kills that first guy. I, I, I really think that it was some sort of adultery subplot in the crowd going on mm, in the background, which okay. I appreciate. <laughs> I, I, I was like, yeah, all right. Why the, why the hell not, man? This is great. This is great. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. No, I'm watching it right now. I have no idea what, like, I, at first I was very confused. I straight up rewound it at that point and was like, did that just happen? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it did. <laughs> okay. I thought it was like, at this point, the, the fans had like got lost to the like bloodlust and were like killing each other to help, you know, the demon awaken. I don't, but, <laughs> but no, I just watched it again. And yeah. So we get a big armored guy who's walking around and every time he takes a step, the ground shakes. He ends up fighting what appears to be a, a slender woman with two swords. Then we cut back to Kane and Gunner and Tila. They approach some twin waterfall area. I think you actually hear a voiceover. You must go to the twin waterfalls, but I only saw one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. Whatever. <laughs> the big guy in the armor gets the two swords in the slots in the eyes because you know that's a one in a million shot sure i believe it and then har is he's fighting a a guy and then his eyes turn black and then he kills a man great great yep good and then tila while they they approach this gate and tila pulls her sword out and points it directly at kane and she's like god i was waiting for you to explain this part of the movie to me thank you she essentially says she's going to sacrifice herself because I guess that the only way that Kane and Gunner can complete this is that if Tila goes to hell or the afterworld. Afterworld? Uh, the the under, I don't know what it's called. Obviously. She's like, you have to complete your mission or else I'll come back and haunt you. And then she backs into some swirly black CGI and then she screams, then they find her body on the ground, and then they bury her. Right. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, so the twins, who look nothing alike, go into a cave. Not only do they look nothing alike, they're not, oh man, uh, they're just completely, two completely different people. Yeah. You could not look more unlike <laughs> someone else than these two people. Is it possible to be fraternal twins because i'm assuming that's what they're trying to say is well, of these, course. they're fraternal yeah, twins they're fraternal. but is it but is it possibly fraternal twins and be of completely different like genetic backgrounds because that's no. what happens <laughs> that i've i have seen a few i've read articles or seen headlines about that where they're twins but they look you know one will be obviously caucasian the other one will be obviously african-american hmm. things like that but that's got to be but it's so incredibly rare. Oh, well, and it just so happens that... These guys are not even just two different ethnic groups. They're completely different builds of people. Yeah. Well, you know? you know, in a movie in which these two twin brothers just happen to show up at a tournament 
to fight for a king who just happens to be their father. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Coincidences abound. So they're in a cave. Well, actually, I technically think this is a cavern. Yeah. They end up making some yeah, torches. Let's, let's make sure we're being technically yeah. correct when we're Look, making fun of this movie. No, I. I don't want. I don't want the geologists to come after us. It's the last thing I want. Geologists. That's the group we should be worried about. <laughs> They end up making some torches because there just happens to be wood underground. Okay. <laughs> Enough. Did you... Enough of this. <laughs> I didn't know. So he had a flint and steel out, and he was, he's hitting it, and he's getting some good spark. I didn't see the torch. I just thought he was just sparking up the cave wall. And then the next scene, they had torches. Uh, yeah, they they have, like, wooden sticks. They just they light <laughs> and sticks And all of a sudden, fire. they have torches. Yeah. Right, sure. Tila shows up, and she's all gothed out. She's her hair is somehow darker. She she's got goes eyeshadow. One hundred percent crow for the rest of the movie. <laughs> it is fantastic. She's like, I saw that movie once. <laughs> I am. They bought her outfit. They went and found it on the the clearance rack at Hot Topic. <sighs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm sorry for interrupting. I, I was, that's no, right. no, 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 I apologize. I apologize. Jump in no, whenever you want. I don't. That's the thing. <laughs> so Tila's like, yo, I got to go fight Har. Only a demon can kill another demon. But is she really a demon? I mean, she, did she die and come back? She so, so she changed dimensional presences. And so that's why she's a demon. I don't know. She's going to leave. She's going to go fight Har. She just disappears. Yeah, I don't know. She. Yeah. Uh, they didn't explain the lore of what a demon is. We haven't seen a demon this whole time. We saw a dude with black eyes who's kind of vampire-ish. Right. The demon at the beginning of the movie had a cloak on. We never saw his face. I don't know. So we cut back to the castle of the attorney. Har is actually about to fight a man who is clearly too overweight to be in a tournament for a fight to the death. I, I wrote down here, get the breast pa- breastplate stretcher. Um <laughs> Which is another Game of Thrones joke. Oh, no. Luna confronts her dad. and She has this big mace. Like, huge mace. Like, it's I think it's way too big for this it's girl. It's a staff. A mace is it is, a staff? Yeah, a mace is like a one-handed weapon, right? This is like a big staff with a thing at the end. I think a mace is anything that has like, that has like broad. Maybe it's a, maybe, I don't, maybe it's a maul. I don't know, but it has a spear tip. Maybe it's a spear. I don't know. Anyways, she's got this wicked looking Once thing again, that's way too big for this girl. The mail the mall kiosk. Yeah. <laughs> made off like a bandit. Yeah, she's like, yo, my name is Hell. I'm not Luna. Apparently this is the demon from earlier. She's like, you, you know, your time has come. I gave you ten years of peace. Now I'm gonna take over I'm gonna Take over the world, bathe the world in blood, blah 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 blah. Every evil villain, every demon's evil plan. Okay, let's go. Moving on. Try to have an original thought in your body. She doesn't have a body. It's a demon, man. Come on. Fair enough. Har shows up and is about to. I'm sorry. No, Har is already there. Har was fighting the big guy. He's actually about to kill the big man. And then Tila shows up with her eyeshadow. Crowed out. Yeah. And then. Uh, hell slash Luna I'm just, I'm just going to call her Heluna from now on realizes that Kane and Gunner are in the cavern around the statue and she's like you know how could you hide your progeny from me and then we get like this weird scene where it cuts back to 
King Wolfcon in the past, and he's like, take them both far away. Don't tell them about. Don't don't let them know about each other. So I'm like, I'm almost a hundred percent sure that when his daughter Luna was born, he willingly gave her to this demon, and then had more kids without this demon knowing. So they weren't born with any sort of mark, and then hid them, knowing that at some point this would come back. That's why I'm saying, like, I'm pretty sure he gave up Luna. Uh, That's my point. Yeah. Yeah, it's, Anyways. it's implied that the, the mother died in childbirth, and so he split the twins up. And maybe that's why they're both back. Maybe he called them back. He knew who they were. I don't know. I don't know. Once don't again, know. this is a case of Chris and Anthony trying to apply additional logic to a movie that <laughs> the creators, Look, man, the just... writers, the producers, the director, the actors never thought about. Like, what ended up on the cutting room floor instead of Kane walking around and looking serious? Did you, like, did maybe, you the maybe there's some background. Did you see the movie? <laughs> Nothing ended up on the cutting room floor. What you saw is 100%. Sh- half the shots of the castle have watermarks and stains on the lens. No, they didn't cut anything. This is it. This is what it was, chronologically. So, Heluna just appears in the underworld wherever the cavern and she just gives a terrible speech it's not important what she says because it's terrible she's just reading off a cue card being aggressively disinterested har apparently can't overpower tila during their fight they run at each other bump into each other you know they do their terrible choreographed fight haluna fights both kane and gunner but Gunner bails. He leaves. It's <laughs> just like he gets punched in the stomach or something, and he rolls over. He rolls over and then runs. A, like he just kind of leaves the fight. Tila actually kicks the crap out of Har. I mean, she's winning the fight. Gunner arrives at like a cliff face, a little outcropping, and he's like standing over the devil statue thing. And then Haluna Hel- like looks over at him, and he, she's distracted. Kane gra- takes this opportunity and stabs her. Tila kills Har. Yeah. And then Gunner jumps off the cliff as the, um, I guess, as the final blood sacrifice happens. This demon statue, like, wakes up and it, like, looks towards him and starts this roar. But Gunner smacks it in the head with this, the, the, the fake Scalibur. And then yeah. there's a big flash. Kane looks upset. Uh, he lost a brother. The- <laughs> the king dies from a stab wound that was given to him by the demon however many years ago. He just lays on the ground with his crown on the floor. The Tila looks yeah. around. No one's cheering. And then Cain has left the underworld. And he's walking around the two waterfall, but only one waterfall area. And he sees the little pile of rocks with Tila's sword in it. And he's about to grab it. And she appears before him and is like, I knew you'd make it. <laughs> Like, that's what she says. I knew you'd make it. Okay. And then she says, you're the king. You got to you gotta look after your people. And then she disappears. Uh, and that's the end of the movie. Almost. Almost? What did I miss? You didn't see the credits? I did watch the... Well, I mean, I skimmed through them. I didn't pay much attention. Oh, you watched the credits. Okay, I'm watching. Just watch Hold the on, animated me... part of the credits. I'm watching. I want to hear it. I'm listening to the aggressive rock music. <laughs> Uh, someone learned okay. how to use Windows Movie Maker. Okay, and then... Oh, okay, Gunner. Oh, see you soon, brother. Oh, <laughs> okay. Fair enough. 
I hope not. I hope we. I hope they never see each other again. So if you have somehow, if you have somehow made it through this plot breakdown, which oh, I, I understand. I don't know have, why. This is... If you have, if you have long since turned this off or stopped listening, that's fine. This is the part of the the podcast where we ultimately decide whether this is a good or a bad movie. Now, mm. before we rush to judgment. Yeah. Before we rush to judgment. No one's rushing. It is possible that a bad movie can be good. Sure, sure. Both of us are totally in agreement, and good movies can be bad. Yeah. If you want to just zoom out real far, and objectively, The Phantom Menace, Star Wars Episode One of the prequels, is a quote-unquote good movie. Like, it's well-produced. Oh, The acting sure. is meh. It's uh. well shot. The CG still kind of holds up. Not really. But it's not but it's not good. It's not a good it, it it's it's a good movie that's bad. Sure. And there are bad movies that are good. I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but I'm well, sure like, they exist. Well, you've brought up the FP before. Oh, well no. It's the, okay. Objectively the speaking, the FP is is level, not a bad movie. It is <laughs> Watch your tone. Oh, it's my favorite. It's my favorite movie, but <laughs> All right, never mind. <laughs> uh, this is for final thoughts if you like watching bad movies and you get a kick out of them and you can laugh at them this is an excellent choice this is a fantastic choice if you're the type of person who just needs a certain minimum standard for them to enjoy anything maybe not this is not a movie where just don't watch it you're not watching it for the plot you're not watching it for the excellent fight scenes you're you're watching it to make fun of it and this is a great movie for that or yeah, it, if you're just <laughs> uh, if you're just nancy becker and you're like man i need to make this movie more popular and i'm gonna put it on stream on repeat for the next six days <laughs> those two categories they work i i i want to say this is a good bad movie i don't know disagree with me do what you gotta do i i have never disagreed with you more about anything really i did not find this movie enjoyable even from a perspective of comedy really the acting is so bad i can't even suspend belief enough could you have if you known that the movie was that the actors were professional wrestlers would that have no no really that that wouldn't have changed anything we talked about it we watched 3022 the room which is the best bad movie Sure. In my opinion. Sure. Everything about Tommy Wazoo's Tommy Wazow? Wazoo? Anyways, Tommy. everything about everything about Tommy's performance is awful. However, it has redeeming qualities in the fact that it was actually a comedy. They just didn't know they were making a comedy when they made that movie. This movie uh. doesn't have any true comedy in it. It's all unintentional and it's all comedy that I find funny because it's so bad. I don't know. I, I, I didn't find anything redeeming about this movie. To add a third category, if you have a person who, when they're scrolling through movies on Amazon or Netflix and you get a and you catch a view of a woman scantily clad and you're like, man, this movie might be interesting. This is Nick Kid. No, you should not watch this movie. And if you did watch this movie, I'm sorry. I just, yeah, I didn't find it. I, I can't think of a single redeeming thing about this movie. But somehow, I still think Singularity is worse. (laughs) Oh, man. 
hundred <laughs> percent. I would rewatch this before I rewatch Singularity. I would rewatch every bad movie we've seen before I rewatch <laughs> Singularity. If we're gonna start ranking uh, things. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, well, all right. Look, I I'm I, willing to keep it on the bad movie, the bad and bad <laughs> movie list. <laughs> Yeah, I, just, I just I found the last half of the movie to be absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. But, that doesn't yeah. mean it's that's not a redemption. No, no, yeah, no. I'm done. Huh? I don't want to talk about it. Anymore. This has been yet on. another episode of B-roll. <laughs> <laughs> I've been one of your hosts, Anthony. Person giggling in the background is your other host, Chris or Christopher. I am Chris. Yes. If you <laughs> if you somehow liked this podcast, please like, subscribe, favorite, share, comment, review. Yeah. You can hit us up at B underscore roll podcast on Twitter. You can email me at sci fi wise guys at gmail.com. Send me your suggestions. Send me your jokes. Send giant walls of text of you just roasting us because we trashed on Singularity, your favorite movie. Feel free. Yeah. Whatever I you want to do. As long as you think the podcast is better than Singularity, you, we <laughs> we deserve. We've earned. Yeah. <laughs> that, that and, uh, oh, God. Well, I think that's the end of this episode. That'll do it for me. That'll do it for me. I want to say thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. I just did that. I didn't read a tip on that one. I feel pretty good about figuring that out. So hmm. thank you. You did it, man. I appreciate you it. saved Christmas. I don't even uh, celebrate Christmas. <laughs> um, well, that's not your fault. <laughs> no, it's not actually. Thank you for bringing it up. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh,